Oh. 
Please join me in Gusho. When the waters, the minds, good and evil, of foolish beings have entered the vast ocean of Amida's vow of wisdom, they are immediately transformed into the mind of great compassion. Hymns of the Dharma Ages. Mida chigan no kokai ni bombu zenmaku no shinshi mo kinyu shinereba snawachi ni dai hishin tozo tenzu naru. Uh, good morning and uh, welcome to the uh, Sangha service for May the 3rd, 2020. Um, lately I've been kind of uh, watching many videos and movies with my son and the other day we saw the movie Onward, uh, which is a really good movie and uh, I recommend it if you haven't seen it. Um, I've also been watching this uh, Japanese kids show called Shimajiro. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar with that, but I think it's a it's a tiger that uh, sings and dances. And you know, in case I uh, my son follows along with that. And in this uh, episode, uh, there is one segment that's called uh, Kage no Uta, which means uh, the shadow song or song about shadow. So I watched it, and you know, it has a very nice kind of upbeat melody, and uh, it's about a boy. Uh, who has a shadow, right? And the shadow follows along whatever the boy does and goes with the boy to wherever he goes. And the two are always together because they are both under the sun. Well, who knew that the gist of a religion uh, can be summed up in a simple kid's song, right? There's no need for hard words like Shinjin, 48 vows, Sangan Tenyu, compassionate activity, or get this one, absolute reality of non-discriminative wisdom. Try saying that 10 times. Uh, all you needed to know was you, your shadow, as you are under the sun. A-okay. Call it a day, right? And that's it, really. That's, that's what this religion is about. I mean, of course, as you get older, the more sophisticated and complex of an answer that you would probably want to match your sophisticated and and uh, complex emotional states. Um, but, um, you know, I think, I suspect that when you get older than that, you want things to go back to being simple and straightforward. It's kind of like uh, when you're a young kid and you uh, 
go to McDonald's or like In-N-Out and they have that self-serve soda machine and when you're little you, you mix them all up into one soda and you drink and get a real kick out of that. And then you get older, you, you stick to one soda, right? And then you get even older than that, you go with uh, unsweetened iced tea or like black coffee or something like that, right? Uh, watch those calories, right? Uh, I never thought that I would, it would come to the day where I would eat hamburgers with uh, coffee and enjoy that, but go figure, that's, that's what I like to do now. Um, this is a little off topic, but when I was younger, uh, I used to watch The Simpsons a lot, and I don't know why this is very vivid in my mind, but there is this one scene that I remember, um, Abe Simpson, he's the grandpa, the old Ji-chan, right, and he's, he's on the couch, um, and he's talking to himself in his sleep, and, he, and then this is what he says, the older I get, the more I like the taste of hot water, right? And I, I think uh, that's, that's really funny because, because I think my, uh, my Ojichan, my, my grandpa, he used to drink hot water and I think he enjoyed the taste of it. Uh, so I guess when you get older, um, your palate seems to uh, like things to be a lot more simple, right? And I used to hate Perrier and carbonated water. Now that's all I drink, you know? I guess, I guess times change, right? But anyway, back to the importance of uh, shadows. I think a lot of times um, we often believe that uh, when it comes to religion, religion is supposed to be uh, is supposed to be about how we're supposed to live our lives. You know, there's like a set list of behaviors that one must do in order to be a spiritually quote unquote good person. Uh, and by good, we usually mean someone who is worthy of going to a good place. Uh, after death. When we here in America or in the West or maybe even in this modern age, we tend to think of religion as something which directs us to live in a specific way stipulated by a higher spiritual power. If you do not live by this recommendation, then there is a punishment of sorts, such as exclusion from a nice and pleasant afterlife. So the common no notion of the purpose of religion is that it teaches us methods that will extinguish or eradicate the unwholesome parts of ourselves and guide us to a better, more wholesome and holy lifestyle and worldview. In Jodhishinshu Buddhism, however, we understand that we must come to accept our entire selves. In other words, we come to accept the parts of ourselves that we are happy with, but we also come to accept the parts of ourselves that we are not so happy with. In short, through self-reflection prompted by the Buddha Dharma, we come to terms with our true selves. We have the best of intentions and we mean well, we're hardworking people, and we like to think that we're reasonable people, right? But every so often, actually very often, we fall short or we make mistakes or we, where we prioritize ourselves over others. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it does create friction and uh, uh, suffering for others at times. But this is human nature. We can't help but to prioritize ourselves over others. In Shin Buddhism, the framework of good versus evil, right versus wrong, uh, we feel is sometimes is misleading. Both good and evil are based on what we call blind passions or attachments. Let me give a concrete example of this. In the normal way of looking at things, everything is or should be 
in black and, and black and white. We want things to be in black and white. Why? It's clear, it's easy, we can package things into nice categories. This is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong, right? Etc. Our worldview sets the parameters to look at things as black and white because it's very convenient to do so. But Buddhism says that's unrealistic. In fact, everything is gray. That is to say, not everything can be packaged into nice categories of black, white, left, right, good, uh, bad, right, wrong. Right? Shin Buddhism says when we first understand this point, that everything is gray, then we can discuss and set the line between black and white, right and wrong, good and bad, left and right. But when we do, we should always keep in mind that we all come from and are, and are the same gray first. So in concrete terms, this means that, for example, when it comes to um, judicial punitive measures in our court systems, that we take measures that seek rehabilitation over draconian punishment. We don't punish for the sake of punishing. That's just sadistic. Our current prison system is just that. We don't seek to rehabilitate, we seek to punish. In capital punishment, for example, whatever heinous crime that has been committed, as a society, we should reconsider whether it is okay for us to commit the same heinous act that that very person committed. Is the Hammurabian policy of an eye for an eye really an approach that provides honest reflection of one's actions for both parties. Our current approach to drug offenders is to punish and instill fear rather than to promote rehabilitation. Is this a society that we want to have? A society that does not believe in second chances? A society that says the world is black and white when it really isn't? a society that does not promote compassion for others. As Jyotishinshu Buddhists, we do need to understand and separate wholesome from unwholesome, right from wrong, promoting peace and not promoting peace, and support the golden rule. But when we understand this and become followers of moral and ethical principles, then we can have a more in-depth religious discussion of the human condition. The human condition is one in which we all act and cannot help but to act in self-interest. For example, our donations to the hungry and needy, our weekly volunteer work at the local soup kitchen, when we donate to a certain cause, when we open the door for an elder, elderly woman even, every action has a little bit of self-interest, right? A little bit of this feeling of Look at me, I'm great, I'm the gift to the world, right? And it's not to say that we should beat ourselves up over this or that we shouldn't, you know, do good things that are helpful things, right? But it is to say that we need to recognize that that part of ourselves exists within us. And that's the discipline of being a Jodo Shinshu Buddhist. This is to say that we recognize that we have a shadow in everything we do. But once we recognize it, then we can go about doing what we were doing, donating to that cause, 
going to the local soup kitchen, hugging trees, or volunteering our, our time. As long as we understand that it is the human condition to have a shadow, then we should go about taking part and helping to spread compassion. Being human means that we have a shadow. All of us have a shadow. When we recognize that, we become aware and a part of the fellowship of humanity. But here's the important point in all of this. It is to say that every one of us, by the sheer fact that we are living in the human condition, we have the potential to awaken to true reality and attain spiritual liberation. Because we are in the human condition, we are in the opportune moment to awaken to the reality of great compassion. In other words, the sun is the world of infinite wisdom, and the warmth that we feel from the sun is the world of infinite compassion. The shadow then, our blind passions, this human condition, is necessary to awaken to the true power of the sun. And because of this, we are grateful for our shadows. We become grateful for the parts we don't want to see about ourselves. We become grateful for this life as a whole. So why do we need to know this? What's the benefit in knowing all of this? Well, we need to know this because do we want to live a life that is unrealistic? Seeing only the parts that we want to see and not being honest about our lives? Or do we want to be honest and realistic? Accepting life for its ups and downs and the many complexities that color this life. When we come to accept this life as it is, in other words, seeing accepting that our shadows are just as much a part of us as our very body itself, we can then come to terms with the realities of life and find deep meaning in it. Like last week's talk, where we can come to accept our deaths, when we can come to accept the parts that we want to see and the parts that we don't want to see about ourselves through reflection through the Buddha Dharma, we can come to a life that is much more honest and accepting of ourselves. Then, when we do this with ourselves, we can look upon the outside world and the others that live within this world with the same acceptance and understanding. When we see our own shadows first, we can see that all other beings have their respective shadows as well. But that is what makes us human. That is what makes us beautiful. And that is what makes us see that we are all under the sun, shining. Please join me in Gashou. When the waters, the minds, good and evil, of foolish beings have entered the vast ocean of Amida's vow of wisdom, they are immediately transformed into the mind of great compassion. Namo Amidots. Namo Amidots. Namo Amidots. Namandas. 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 Hi everyone, let's read the Threefold Refuge. Difficult is it to receive a human form 
now we are living it. Difficult is it to hear the Dharma of the Buddha, now we hear it. If we do not cross over to the truth in the present life, and what life shall we cross over? Let us with sincerity and true reverence take refuge in the three treasures of the truth. I take refuge in the Buddha. May we, together with all sentient beings, awaken to the great way of enlightenment and to the unsurpassed intent of Amida Buddha. I take refuge in the Dharma. May we, together with all sentient beings, enter the storehouse of the Dharma, becoming like the wisdom ocean. I take refuge in the Sangha. May we, together with all sentient beings, become units in true accord in harmony with all things. The peerless, profound, and wondrous Dharma is rare to encounter, even in many hundreds and thousands of kalpas. Now we are privileged to hear and receive it. Let us thoroughly understand the true meaning of the, of the Tathagata's teaching. Thank you.